Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Every Town Podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again, and Elizabeth Shelf from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and taken to his underground bunker in the woods. And we give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists, so go check out the Everytown podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos, Lisa Ow, and the Brasher Die Disappearance. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we focus on the mysterious death and murder of Lisa Ow and the unusual circumstances surrounding the Brasher Die Disappearance. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number one, Lisa Ow. On January 22, 1982, a 19-year-old hairdresser, Lisa Ow from Kalua, Hawaii, headed out to her boyfriend's place for dinner. She had just gotten her driver's license two days prior. Once there, the two of them had dinner, and her boyfriend, Doug Holmes, walked her out the door. The next day, Lisa's parents phoned her boyfriend at the University of Hawaii dorm to tell him she hadn't come home. Holmes headed out to look for her, and it was him who found Lisa's car abandoned on the shoulder of a highway near Kalua Drive. He reported the finding to the police. Once an officer got there, he noticed the car driver's seat window was rolled down about two to three inches, and water had pooled in on the vehicle floor. The driver's seat was fully soaked and drenched, but he noted that Lisa's purse was on the passenger seat and it was completely dry. The officer said it seemed as if the purse was placed on the seat after the rain had stopped. There was nothing else missing in her purse save for her driver's license and the car registration. 
During the time, the officer also noted seeing scratches on Holmes' face, although this was never further investigated. Police conducted a search, and there was speculation Lisa's car might have been placed there on purpose to mislead authorities that this was the scene of the crime. But there was no other evidence found in the vehicle. Crime scene technicians later discovered out the car had been wiped clean. In the days immediately after Lisa's disappearance, thousands of flyers were printed and handed out. Family and friends were hoping she would be found alive. For 10 days, everyone in the neighborhood continued to search and hold out hope for her return. But on January 31st, a jogger with his dog came across the naked and decomposed remains of a young female. This body was confirmed to be Lisa. It was too badly decomposed to determine how she died, but... Police classified her death as a homicide. Witnesses came forward and said they saw a car with blue flashing grill lights right behind Lisa's car. The distinctive description led police to speculate someone posing as a police officer, or worse, an actual officer, might have had something to do with her disappearance. This caused an island-wide panic amongst residents, especially females. One officer emerged as a possible suspect, for a year, an investigative grand jury heard evidence against the Honolulu officer, but there was no indictment. Many believe people simply focused on the officer because of public pressure. People were nervous and wanted an arrest. But because of this, many say police missed pursuing crucial evidence, even other viable suspects. In the end, the grand jury failed to indict the officer. Some believe this tainted the case and prevented other prosecutors from pursuing it again. Years later, former Honolulu Police Lieutenant Bert Corneal decided to do his own investigation from scratch. He found evidence disproving the killer cop theory. Apparently, prior to heading to her boyfriend's house, Lisa stopped by a store and showed her ID there to write a check. She left it there and that ID was turned over to the police. At the Makiki apartment building where Lisa was heading that night, a security guard, Thomas Thornburg, said he saw Lisa and Doug Holmes arguing that evening around 11 p.m. He said after Lisa drove off, Doug drove after her. Holmes claimed he returned to his dorm, though. Then another witness was discovered by Cornel. Charlotte Kamaka, a newspaper delivery driver, was on her route that night, when a blue car drove past her with a female passenger slumped inside the passenger seat. It made a mark on her since when the driver pulled a turn, the head of the female passenger fell. Later on, when the vehicle returned and drove past her again, the male driver just looked at her, but this time the female passenger was gone. When Lisa's body was found in the area ten days later, she reported what she saw to police. Someone took her report, but never got back to her despite the witness calling back repeatedly to ask what they were doing about it. To add to the horror, a year after Lisa's remains were found, her body was exhumed so a Los Angeles-based coroner could do an examination of the skull to figure out the cause of death. To their shock, they found Lisa's body was still buried in a body bag. It had never been washed, and all the rubbish from where she was found was still there. It meant the previous coroner did not even do a proper job of examining her during the autopsy. The findings of the second examination were never released. Lisa's Oz case remains active today.
Number two, Brasher Die Disappearance. It was March of 1956 when brothers Robert Die, who was 23, and 19-year-old Billy Die, and their cousin Dan Brasher, who was 38, headed to a party held at Billy's girlfriend's house in Jefferson County, Alabama. The trio went to the party on board Billy's dark green 1947 Ford. While there, the three came across a local moonshine bootlegger who, according to the rumors, the brothers had been stealing from. The party continued on, but around 2 a.m., several men there left, carrying with them pickaxes and shovels. They piled into two vehicles, including Billy's car. Later on, only one car returned, and nobody saw Billy's vehicle again or the three men. There are countless theories as to what happened to the men. Many said they were executed at the party in a shooting, while others say they were dropped off and dumped in a coal shaft. But there was one thing that tied everything together, that moonshine and bootlegging had played a role. At the time, countless illegal distilling operations were running in the area, most of them family-run. In fact, that was how many of the families had survived, and it was a huge mistake to pilfer anyone's product. This is where the brothers might have run afoul, as they became suspected of stealing from the bootleggers. After the trio hadn't returned from the party the next day, it didn't cause any alarm for their families since they were heavy drinkers. People just assumed they were sleeping off a hangover in jail somewhere. But after several days, relatives decided to look for them, checking jails in the area to see if they were held. When this didn't turn up anything, they were reported missing. During the investigation, officers hit a wall. Save for small pockets of testimony here and there, no one was willing to talk in the tight-knit community. Some mentioned hearing gunshots at the Robinwood house where the party was held. An employee from a local store said a man came in asking what product to use to remove blood. This employee recommended a product and he bought it. A neighbor of the party house said he saw several men carrying buckets of water in the early morning hours of March 4th. Then someone came forward saying he saw a bulldozer bury a car at a construction site near where U.S. Highway 79 was being built. And in fact, later on, three witnesses said a vehicle was buried along that highway. Although there were several efforts of drilling and finding out if Billy's Ford vehicle was indeed buried, the searches have returned nothing. Even more, there are allegations that further investigations into the case were hampered by local police because of the department's ties to the local bootleggers. Over the years, there were several instances when the case received attention and a renewed effort to solve it, but these still led to nothing. The Brasher Die disappearances remain one of the oldest active cold cases for Jefferson County's cold case squad. Anyone with information about the men's disappearance can contact Captain Steve Green of the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department. So there were two of the most strange and mysterious stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. We have new videos every Wednesday and Saturday, so if you enjoyed this one, then please subscribe and hit the notification bell. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you soon.